I am MPL commentator Serb O'Neill, joined by some very, very special co-hosts, 2016 and 2017 State League 2 goalkeeper of the year, Mark Talbot. How are you doing, Mark? Good, mate. How are you? And thanks for having me. Very, very good. Thank you. And our favourite accent to hear on a match day as well, David Grant. David, how have you been? I've been very well. Favourite accent, I just assumed you were going to mention Alessio, but yeah, I'm very good. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, Alessio is the, the man who, who will be our State League 2 expert from now on, I think. Now, Alessio Carocci. Alessio, thank you for joining us as well. Thank you for having me, Seb. Yeah, maybe not the favourite accent, but definitely the loudest one you'll hear. But... <laughs> so, basically, this podcast will be a, a weekly wrap-up of everything that's happened across the NPL, WNPL, State League 1 and State League 2. Of course, when the season starts, we'll go through each week's games, mainly in the NPL and WNPL, unless there's a standout State League 1 or State League 2 game, which Alessio might want to talk about himself. But other than that, it's pretty chill and we'll wing it. So we'll go on to our first real thing, uh, our picks of the off-season. Uh, I'll start off with especially Austin Ayubi making his A-League debut and actually joining Adelaide United um, and getting some solid minutes over the past couple of weeks. Um, of course, we've watched plenty of Austin over the past MPL season with Metro. I don't know who wants to start speaking about this first, but I think it's pretty well-deserved. Uh, yeah, I'd agree, Seb. Yeah, so we're all being too polite, I think, with episode zero here. But yeah, I'd agree. And it's uh, great to see someone uh, like Austin, you know, graduating, if you like, to that uh, to that A-League position. Um, well deserved, I think. Um, I, I assume the others would agree with that. And uh, hopefully uh, he, he cements a regular spot and um, we can look forward maybe to the next one or two coming through as well. Yeah, I'd definitely say so as well, in agreement. A couple of their standouts this year were definitely some of the youngsters in Hamish Gow and Tamilkovsky as well, who are touted to have other A-League opportunities as well. Hopefully you might see that in the future with Tamilkovsky obviously departing, as we've seen now, to play for Marconi Stallions and MPO New South Wales. Um, other than that, he had a fantastic season, Austin Ayubi, stepping up to a, a big MPL club. Obviously, he's previously played Western Strikers, Adelaide City. So, made the step up again this year, or last year actually, to play for Metro Stars. Had a solid year and now he's, yeah, he's got the big opportunity in the A-League I think we're going to see a bit more of that with some of the other departures that they've seen over the last few days and the last few weeks so definitely good to see another graduate get into the A-League I think it's a good thing as well and the fact that we, we've seen this happen before with Lockie Barr it just shows that Adelaide United aren't looking elsewhere when they've got the, the talent in their own backyard effectively I mean they've taken Lockie Barr a couple of years ago now they've taken Austin Ayubi now I just think it's the fact is they keep looking in their own backyard. They keep finding these players. And if Austin can now cement a spot uh, in that 16 every week, and if not starting, I mean, he's got some talent in front of him. But uh, with the fact that obviously Goodwin's not there, Aaron Kunda's going to obviously jet off, I think, probably what, at the end of the season. So it really does open that door for him. Yeah, most definitely. And just my other pick of the off-season, we saw um, Nicole Calder from Salisbury Inter in the WMPL move over to England to play for Rugby Borough. Obviously, used to be called Coventry United, former clubs of Fiona Wirtz, who also played for Adelaide United. Mary Earps, who is currently goalkeeper of the year, has already made her debut. And it's great to see, especially our WMPL players, our South Australian girls, making that impact overseas and actually being watched and scouted for those types of leagues. Yeah, again, that just shows the quality of our, our local league. When you see how many players, and this has been going back for a long, long time, how many players internationally come to play in Adelaide? Uh, and now they're starting to get the recognition and going into what is the English leagues now, which has never been actually that big in the women's game. 
they're now starting with the WSL to really start to take over from what America was. So the more we get there as well now, uh, and like I said, they keep they used to come here. Now, unfortunately, we're losing them, but it is also obviously a positive for, for those players to see that path is there. David, I know we watched a few, or we commentated a few of Salisbury Inter games last year, and you remember that that solid backline of her and Chantel Ryder was was great to watch and just sort of the way they, especially she and Chantel, managed to command their backline and their entire team, of course, all the way up to that grand final. Yeah, and to be honest, I enjoyed I enjoyed those games very much. They were great to watch and um, the women's games come a long way. Well, I think the game in South Australia generally has come a long way in the last 25 years or so or 30 years or so that I've been around. But um, no, they were great to watch. Um, and, you know, again, following on from the Austin Ayubi um, chat from five minutes ago, it'd be great to see more of these girls um, getting some game time in Europe. You know, that's the, ultimately, I suppose, if they're ambitious, that's the next logical step, you know. And um, there's, a, you know, there's very competitive leagues in Europe for the women, including the Swedish league and the uh, Norwegian league as well. So, um as well as the, the usual ones, what are the usual ones, Germany and England, I suppose. But um, uh, yeah, uh, great to watch. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of that next year. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Alessia, we'll go on to your talking point, which will be Fulham United. Do you think they'll be underdogs after finishing ninth and probably was a rather disappointing State League one season last season for them? Yeah, I've definitely seen um, some of their results so far in the preseason. I've been really impressed with all well, the performances they've put up against a couple MPL sides, ex-MPL sides and, the massive win, big shock on the weekend, 11-0 win over Gawler Eagles, which were touted to be a pretty decent side, getting some young MPL reserve kind of players with a new coach at Gawler. But some of the players I've seen at uh, Fulham United as well, it's quite a young lineup. A lot of um, ex-Adelaide City youngsters, Christian Veronese, Henry Philsell, um, a couple of old Metro Stars juniors as well, Cameron Dix, um, Marco Matto as well. And they're just, they're just putting the results together at the moment. I think... For a team like Fulham United as well, I know Mark will have some insight into what the club's like as well. But over the years, they've just been a, like a middling club, in my opinion. Like they're never too close to the relegation, never too close to the top six. But they always just happen to remain in that league without much of a, a challenge either way. But they just get enough points to stay up. But I think this year could be a very defining year for them, especially with they've got their state league one player of the year as well, James Murray, who was. Uh, pick of the bunch on the on the night of the awards everyone was very surprised that from a team who didn't even finish in the top six a player like that could win the, the player of the year and they've got him they've got older players like Matthew Bazalis as well who can um, implement their experience as well and it looks like as well over the past few preseason games Daniel Godley as well has come out of retirement it looks like and put, went being in between the sticks as well for them so be interesting to see what they do this season sorry yes, so I'm just going to say really looking no, forward to, to the Fulham lineup this year especially with Robbie at the helm obviously that he's he's managed to pull some strings and get some of his former uh sort of club players from Metro and and work that angle which I think is a really good thing for Fulham and as you said like Fulham they went up in 2017 they went up to state league one back then and I don't think they've actually dropped since um they've just been a consistent club and that's being a coming from an amateur setup, which is what they were originally, to now be able to say, "Yeah, we're a state league one club." It's that's a great achievement for the club, considering they were playing. Uh, I mean, their club rooms are still there, but they, they don't play there anymore, uh, which is just the middle of an oval, uh, similar to what Vipers yeah. were doing and things like that. So, for them to be able to go, "Yeah, we're a state league one club," and they have been now for for six years, um, 
it's a great achievement. And like I said, they've brought in some really good heads. Obviously, Robbie's pulled in, uh, used his connections really well there to get the likes of uh, those Metro and Adelaide City boys. And the other thing as well is, is Godley's massive, uh, a massive uh, in for that club. And not only just... Uh, whether he sits on the bench as a reserve keeper, so I don't know if he'll, he'll actually play but uh, during the year, but as a goalkeeper coach and the fact that it will, it will allow Robbie to bounce off him because Dan's Godley's also been a coach as a, as a head coach. So he, he would know, he understands the, the football and, and we've seen already how many good, good goalkeepers are making good coaches. Uh, you look at Benny Moore at Playford, you've got Barney Smith who's been around for a long time. So they're, they're making good coaches. And so for Robbie to have someone like that alongside him as well, even if it's only in a goalkeeper coach capacity, it's still massive because he can rebound those ideas off, off Godley and Godley's right there with him. Is this you trying to tell us you might be making a move into the, into the coaching space, Mark? Yeah, no, 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 not at all. <laughs> not at all. I'll stick with the assistant role at my under nines teams. I think that's pretty much my, uh, my level there. <laughs> David, on to you now in the off season, you weren't really in South Australia. You were in holiday in Scotland. Tell us about that. Yes, I decided to take myself off for a, for a much-needed respite and uh, some annual leave that I was overdue. So I went back to the homeland and had um, four or five weeks in, in Europe. So I um, managed to get to six games in total in the UK um, and saw some saw some Australians playing and a, and a South Australian in, in Ryan McGowan. He, uh, I went to a Rangers St. Johnson game and he came on in the 71st minute of that match playing for St. Johnson. Um, and yeah, it was great. It was great to see so many Australians playing over there. There was a Hearts Hibs derby when I was there. I didn't get to it, but it was on telly. And I reckon that uh, one stage there was about six or seven of the 20 outfield players were all Aussies. So you had Callum Nine. Oh, I knew I was going to struggle with this one. Yeah, that's the one. There you go. Uh, Nathaniel Atkinson, Cameron Devlin, Kai Rolls. They were all playing for Hearts. And then the Hibs side, I think it was Lewis Miller. And uh, Martin Boyle. So um, there, uh, yeah. There was, I mean, that's over a course of the outfield players were uh, were Aussie. So that was good to see. Yeah, really good. As a a Scott Australian, David, do you think there's a what do you think the real connection is there between how we have so many Aussies now moving towards the Scottish league? Is there a certain appeal? What's the thing about it? Do you think coming from your perspective? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, there's always been a there's always been a few of them over there. I mean, a couple of years ago, Mark Berigethi and um, Aziz Baich were both at Dundee United. Um, and I think maybe what happens is, you know, um, one or two go and, and then a couple follow because they obviously talk to each other, you know. Um, and they're obviously mates. I mean, these guys uh, that are playing for, for Hearts and Hibs are arch rivals in the Edinburgh Derby. But, you know, come Socceroos time in the Asian Cup, they're all out there playing with each other and, and there seems to be a real camaraderie in that Socceroos camp that's the impression I get um, so I think one or two will go over and you know others fall sort of thing um, but it's just really exciting to see I mean I know the Scottish Premier League and the Scottish Championships not at the same level as its uh, counterpart down south in England but um, it's a logical step if you want to play football in England it's a logical step to start off in Scotland and then try and get yourself down there. You know, a lot of pre-season friendlies are played between Scottish and English clubs, you know. Aberdeen will go down and they'll play Manchester United or Rangers will play Luton Town or something like that, you know, and 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 it's a chance for these Australians who are basing themselves in Scotland. It's maybe a stepping Maybe they see it as a stepping point to get into the English Premier League. But exciting to see. I got to a couple of games in England as well. It's a, a Middlesbrough game. Riley McGree wasn't playing, but Silvera was. 
And there's another um, there's another student at Middlesbrough. He didn't get a game. His name's Tom Glover. So Club. he was yeah yeah, yeah he's Goal in keeper. that squad there too. Yeah. So there's there's three of them down at, at Middlesbrough as well. Um, I went to another one, Sunderland and Leeds, but uh, I don't think there were any Aussies in that one. But um, oh, it was a great holiday, and it was great to see so many Australians um, doing so well and so prominently over there. I mean, you get Scottish guys running, you know, Scottish fans at games waving Australian flags because they're sort of taken in with it all. So it's great. Absolutely. That's great. And just by the way, even though it's not South Australian rated, of course, as is Bay, it's now gone from Dundee to Alnasir playing with Cristiano Ronaldo. Very random, but very strange. Completely unrelated. <laughs> anyway, Mark, on to you. Your pick is Metro Stars signings in this offseason after what was a, a successful season, you'd have to say. Of course, probably disappointed they couldn't win the grand final or get to the grand final. But yeah, just about those signings. Yeah, they were definitely – they would have been uh, happy in the fact that they made the final. Obviously, no one's happy to lose, but uh, it's it's probably uh, an improvement on where they have been the last few years. Obviously, the last few years, uh, they've been making the finals, um, but getting knocked out before the, the final itself. So I think that was um, – probably they would take that as a positive, but the fact that they lost it and were so dominant during the season, I think that's probably the hardest part for them. Um, but just, uh, I've, I've seen quite a few photos, obviously, of their of their trainings and things like that. And there, there seems to be quite a influx of players that I've seen so far. Um, obviously, they had a few outs, which was to be expected. Obviously, Temelkovsky and, and Austin Aubie we knew about. Um, but uh, there seems to be uh, they've, they've announced two signings in the last couple of days, and and it's surprisingly one of them is a fullback. So for me, I'm sort of going, okay, well, if they're bringing a fullback in, what happens then to the likes of Scotty Nagel, who's been a starter for not only Metro but Comets and Adelaide City prior to that, uh, Jackson Walls, who's been an absolute machine for them. Um, so on top of that, they obviously then have. Their, their imports, which would be an interesting one. I, I'm still trying to get the finer details, but as far as I know, the goalkeeper's Canadian, which is an import. They've got Ren Nagamatsu, who's an import, and they've got uh, Cam Woodfin, who's also an import. So it'd be interesting to see. Uh, and I also heard that they had signed another, but I don't know how true that is. But it'd be interesting to see how they push forward this year on top of last year without Temelkowski to score 30-odd goals. Uh, who's going to replace those goals? But they've, they've brought in a lot of players that can unsettle a side quite a lot. So it'd be interesting to see how they... I mean, they've started off fantastically in pre-season, but I don't take too much into pre-season. But it will be interesting to see how they settle those players in. Yeah, just on that with Metro, I've seen that they had one player in particular, Sam Ashton, uh, score quite a few goals in their preseason. I'm pretty sure he comes from England. Do we know much else about him other than that? Other than we're pretty sure he's a striker and might be that Temelkovsky replacement. He very well could be, but I have heard that he is he is from the UK. Whether or not he's got an Australian passport is another story. But if if that's the thing, if they have got four imports, how do they? How do they then fit that into a matchday squad when I believe it's a, a two? Alessio might know this. It's only a two-player visa limit for matchday squads. You could have more in your squad overall, but you can only have two in a in a matchday. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that is the rule. We had recently been talking about it at my club. We had three at the moment who were um, actually visa players, two Greek players, and one I think was an African descent, and they were just figuring out how they were going to work it this year. You can't really afford to have some playing in reserves, especially, but when you're at a top level like the NPL as well, like I couldn't imagine those type of players who have come here from interstate would want to be left out on a game day. So maybe it's a thing for the other clubs to look at. I know 
a couple of the other clubs haven't unveiled what their visa signings are like. Like Adelaide City still have a spot um, or two to, to use as well. But it's been interesting as well. A couple of the state league teams have been getting some imports. I saw this um, player for Playford. Um, see if I can find his name. He came from the Welsh Premier League, though, and looked up some of his stats. And some from the some of the talking I've had with some of the players who played against him, they, they told me he's, he's almost like an NPL player there. So that could be one to look out for as well. See if I can find his name. But it's definitely interesting to see some of these state league teams pick up some imports as well. Oh, that's that's just, been happening for a few years, actually, just saying. Um, I know that um, Seaford have got two imports again for this season, so they've got their leading goal scorer, uh, Brian uh, Elowitz. He He's back again, uh, and they've picked up another one. I know um, one, from, funny enough, from Seaford, Kaka Dembella. He's moved to Port Pirates this year. So there's plenty of imports. I know, obviously, there's Thomas uh, Greco at Croydon, and I know that his brother is looking at uh, heading over from interstate. So there's another import coming over or visa player looking for a spot in a, in a club. So there's all the clubs are now looking at, at uh, visa spots. I've just looked up in real time the, the rules on visa players. Would you like me to just read out the little section here for you? Yes, please. Directly from Football South Australia's website. Um, so visa players, point one is a maximum of two visa players are permitted to be in the first team's team sheet in the NPL, State League 1 and State League 2. And then the second note is that unlimited number of visa players are permitted in all other competitions as long as they meet the visa requirements to be in Australia and the requirements of the competition. So you, you guys are right. You know your stuff. That's the beauty of having you here. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up in, in real time now as well. Jeannie LeBlanc, a CACPO. He's the one for play fit and he's, yeah, he's an English centre forward and he's come from the Welsh Premier League having some good experience and he's He's even got like a transfer value and everything on transfer market. So he's played in a few lower leagues in England and now he's made the move across. So I just find it really interesting myself how the, how the coaches find these type of players or do they get told themselves about them? Like even you've seen some of the some of the uh, State League One announcements like Sturt Lions picking up that New Zealand keeper. And to my knowledge, he was offered to them by an agent or something like that. So sometimes maybe that's the way it goes, but yeah, it's, it's definitely always interesting to see how they how they figure it out to get some of these players. Yeah, it's mostly agents. Um, so I was chatting with the former coach who's out of a, not in, not working this year, but he was he was informing me that he has an agent friend and, and it come about that's how certain clubs get their, certainly get their imports or visa players is through the agent. The agent's realising that with the A-League growing and, and getting better, they're looking at ways of getting them into the A-League without getting him into the A-League straight away. I mean, Brian Kaltak, perfect example. Couldn't get into the A-League straight away. FKB grad gave him a home for half a season until everything went through for the Mariners. So it's it's a way in for them to, to get to the A-League or try, should I say. There's probably also a community of people here who have connections with clubs, right? They're not an agent as such, but they've got a connection with a club in the country of their origin, you know, and they've kept in touch with them. And maybe there's a little bit of that goes on as well. Would that be the case? Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's definitely the case. Um, I know I know a, a visa player reached out to me to get a game, get him a game over here. Yeah. So it certainly, it agent, certainly happens. <laughs> uh, hell, that's certainly not the case. So, <laughs> but, you know, it's exactly right. They they look at, obviously, like I said, they do use agents, but a lot of it, again, they, there's a, a I'd probably be a good 50-50 split, I would say, of agents' involvement. And then it's, oh, I know this person. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, there's still plenty more signings to come before our season starts. 
Um, next, we'll just talk about in the off-season, we had the first round of the Australia Cup preliminary rounds here in South Australia. And just wanted to see if anyone had any games in particular that they were interested or find intriguing, of course, as Blue Eagles versus Playford, probably the, the highest profile game in the first round, but any in particular, even with the amateur sides coming into this stage? Well, I'm, I'm particularly looking forward to Elizabeth Downs and Port Adelaide because I love the Cup. I've always loved the Cup, no matter what country it's in. It's a chance for the, as we say in Scotland, the wee diddy teams to cause an upset and make a name for themselves. And uh, last year I went along to watch Elizabeth Downs and Adelaide Cobras. Uh, it's probably about the same round. It was a game in March. It might be in the. It might be in round four, actually. Um, and that was that was a fantastic game. Big crowd there. I think with five minutes to go, it was one all or maybe two all. And on ninety minutes, there was four goals in, in the in the last um, couple of minutes of the game. It ended up four all after ninety minutes, and eventually Cobras won through five four, I think, in the, after the hundred and twenty minutes. So. Um, I just love the cup. I, I can't wait, and I'm and I'm probably going to take myself along to uh, it's Argana Park in Elizabeth Downs and, and, yep. and watch that game. I think it's that's, the Friday that's the one, night. Argana Park. Yeah, yeah. I've played there many many years ago in a in a, an amateur league cup game, but um, I, I'll probably take myself along to that because that, that you know you get a team like Downs. This is their big chance. You get a team like Port Adelaide who who knows what their form is like you know, when, it's, when they haven't even started playing league games and uh, I, I'm with you Mark I don't really pay much attention to friendly results so um, uh, I'll, I'd like to, to get myself along to that and, uh, and, and see what happens there fireworks and well, maybe a little get, upset get down early get down early because I can mm. tell you now with the downs they will pull four to five people all the way around the pitch deep guaranteed yeah. I remember, I mean, you look at what they did, I think, was it the year before or two years before that, Alessia? You probably yeah, know they that. always seem they to played. have a... They always have a good run. I mean, they, I think they beat Metro in the lead-up at Agana Park. Um, so they, like, the Downs have been um, a strong team in the amateur setup for, for many a year. Um, I remember I was a, a Vale boy myself, so I know the area quite well, and there was always a battle between the Downs and the Vale. Vale of fallen off over the years but the downs just seem to have gotten stronger and to be honest they wouldn't be out of place in state league two um in that league every week and then eventually obviously looking to to push on i mean as as you said the cup it's always a special special game i love the cup as well so a one-off game against like to metro and things like that yes they they could they get the win or can get the win and things like that as they've proven but on a week-to-week basis uh they'd be a solid state league two team at the start if they were to go in this this season they'd be a solid state league two side yeah 2019 i think they made all the way to the semi-finals i think they only lost 2-1 to adelaide city in the end but yeah that was one of the i think one of the biggest games that um, the state centre there at the time at, the, at Angle Park um, and I remember going to that game as well after training you couldn't even get a cut apart you couldn't get uh, couldn't watch the game behind the fence there was just so many people there And but I've, I've also been out to a cup game I think I watched um, them Elizabeth Downs versus Playford it was a bit of a northern derby uh, in the cup yep. a couple of years ago and that was yeah, a massive game as well a lot of a lot of big crowds they pull there as well, um, and yeah, some of the players they have as well in those teams. I think Brahma Lodge was one you might have missed out there. They also have had quite a successful cup run and um, been a couple of big yep. teams as well. You have got Teacher Gully as well as in there. They uh, that's one of the first ever cup upsets that I remember when they beat West Adelaide at the NPL in the first round. That was one of the biggest upsets I remember from seeing the cup. Um, but yeah, I think couple of those amateur teams versus any Stanley 1 and Stanley 2 team will be 
an interesting one to see. You can see, even see a lot of the State League Two teams seem to be up against each other as well. So it's definitely going to knock out a few of the lower league teams at the start. So it'll be interesting to see how far these amateur teams and collegiate teams as well can go. And I mean, we might as well say while we're here, Alessio, you with your beloved Mount Barker United have Cove in the first round. How are you feeling about that one? Yeah, I think it's very interesting. Um, Cove probably the favourites going into the game. They've made quite a few signings of state league regular type of players. Um, but we've had a solid preseason as well. We've had a couple of good signings ourselves, a couple of well-known names as well. So it'll be interesting to see how we pull up against them. It's a home game for us as well. So I, I was hoping for an away grass game uh, when the draw came out, but can't pick and choose. And hopefully we'll try and make our home a fortress this year. Speaking of uh, some signings, Alessio, have, you, are they, have they been announced yet? Are you allowed to announce um, some of these signings that have come in? I definitely can announce at least well, at least two. I can announce myself, for one, but um, the other <laughs> one I can announce... Um, the other one I could announce, it's definitely confirmed, is uh, Anthony Taylor. So he's come across a two-time championship winner Referee. of the State League. <laughs> no, not that one. Um, From Salisbury. Yeah, two-time... Yeah, two-time uh, championship winner once with Salisbury last year from State League Two, and then he was also part of the Sturt Lions promotion team to the MPL in 2020. So hopefully he can add another one to his books. And so we've got yeah, quite did a you have a big hand in well. that? I, I, a little, a little hand as well. Oh, yeah. a little. Okay, okay. I'm sure there was more than just a little hand in that one. Uh, any other Sturt, uh, former Sturt players? I am hearing rumours of another one, but uh, I'll, I won't say anything on here. Yeah, there's there's some rumours, and I can say that. If people who know, if they know, that rumour has played a game so far, but can't confirm the signing just yet. Um, just wait until he signs on the dotted line. And then, yeah, we can go from there. Apparently, Anthony Taylor is well such a, a big name in the state leagues as well. Over, I think he's over two or 300 games maybe by now. But um, he brings a lot of people as well, and he's got a few more on his list to try and convince him to come up to the Barker. Yeah, I think that might be our first of many mentions of Mount Barker United throughout the season for as many appearances you make on here, Alessio. Um, yeah, so the Cup, great, great competition. First round, or the third round technically, but the first round of preliminary coming up soon, which will be great to watch. Um, I know we said about preseason results, don't really seem to pay too much attention to them, but have there been any in particular that have really caught our eye with, you know, you got Count O'Campbelltown have been playing quite a few friendlies in recent times playing Croydon, FK Beograd and the such. And of course, they've had the, the preseason tournament down at Parry Hills Knights. Um, has anyone managed to get down or see any of those? A little bit of the um, the Campbelltown games uh, that they've been playing just purely because uh, obviously the MPL have been trialling the, uh, the camera system and things like that there. But uh, what surprised me probably the most actually is not so, many, so much the signings or the results. I mean, Campbelltown, as we know, strong side and Matriciano will have them well, well drilled and they'll, they'll execute well. And obviously with the massive signing of Mori um, into their, their lineup, that's uh, I think they'll they'll do really well. But for me, it's probably the fact that they're playing all their games on their grass. I mean, the pitch doesn't hold up the best of times uh, out there. It can get a bit bare in some spaces and uh, they're already, I think, four games down on that pitch alone. I'm like, oh, gee, that, that, it did surprise me that. Well, maybe they have a few lighter legs on there. I've seen a lot of their games. The I think they played last night. Um, they played a whole young team of reserve players or a couple, couple of fringe players and that. And from the players I've talked to, they've been doing that most games and the most games that I've watched as well. 
have been up to about 60 minutes. They play the team with the the bigger names, your Josh Murray's, your um, Halliday's, um, stuff like that. And then they move in to play a lot of these youngsters. So maybe you'll see a few more of them get blooded in this season. But I was also talking to some players I know at Campbelltown and uh, Alex Mullen apparently might be in doubt until round one. He's still recovering from, a, I think, an ankle injury. Um, and the other new sign they have, Kristen Constantopoulos, he yet, is yet to feature in preseason as well. So that'd be an interesting one to see how they can fit all these people into one team. But I've definitely seen so far Malisi and Mori up front have been the starting two so far. And they've yeah, hit the ground running. I think I've almost each got a goal in every game they've played so far. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they can do. They've got yeah, all the big names this time, so they'll have all the pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, as I say, like Knights been having their preseason tournament as well played. As recording last night, we saw them have a 5-0 win over Mowbray Vista with Riley Stam playing at his now old ground, now signed for Adelaide United, getting his first goal for, for United. I think I do remember saying in commentary, I think in the final, the State League 1 final, is we know he'll be playing MPL football next season. We just didn't know whether it be a Parra Hills or not. Did we expect it to be Adelaide United? Well, from the rumours I heard specifically, I thought it was going to be a different team that wears red. But um, obviously, other things went different ways. And I'm glad that he's got an opportunity with the youth team. He's a very young player as well. He's proven his worth in the State League. And I'd love to see what he can do in the MPL now. You've seen how quickly players can get integrated into the A-League team after they've had a very successful run-in with the youth team. I mean, we only saw Luka Jovanovic play a couple games here. And he was that dominant there to ready promoting to the senior side that quickly. So if we lose a couple more plays with the A-League team of Adelaide United, you might see him in the training squad at least. He's certainly a really exciting player, wasn't he? I mean, uh, I didn't get to a lot of State League One games last year because most of my focus was was on the, in, um, on the Premier League stuff. But the games I did see him playing in, uh, it was just really exciting to watch, wasn't he? He's just the full package. He's, the, he's just the consummate striker, just... Um, you know, finds that space, makes those passes, just pops up, scores goal after goal. And for me, he's he's um, he's he's certainly got a lot of potential. And you know, Adelaide United's youth setup seems a logical step if his ambition is to try and get into the to play A League and and then go beyond that. So it kind of makes sense. But I suppose I was a little bit surprised. Um, but most of my gossips, what you guys talk about. So what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I think just to really wrap this up, I think we'll, we won't do our, our preseason predictions. We'll leave that for another episode, uh, a bigger episode. We go through each team. But how excited are we for, for round one of the the MPL, of course, the WMPL starting a couple later, but the MPL State League One and State League Two all starting on the same week. And of course, with I think the big headline game being Adelaide United against Campbelltown at Highmarsh for the first time in a very long time. Um, I'm not sure if it's the first time ever a regular season NPL games and actually played at Highmarsh for quite a while at least. It's um, been quite a while. Before, I think it's been a few years. Well, more yeah, than and a then few the night years. before as well, the first night. Yeah, and the first yeah, night, probably like Super- versus Barrios Knights. Yeah, so probably like Super League days or something. Uh, no clue. <laughs> uh, it might be one of my only opportunities to call a game that weekend. Um, so, so we'll find out. But yeah, we're, how excited are we for, for round one coming around? Yeah, look, really can't wait. You know, it's been a it's been a long summer. I think you know when you've. Uh, I mean, I've had a little bit of soccer in my trip overseas, but it's all been summer netball, cricket, tennis, swimming, and all of that sort of rubbish. So I can't wait for the the proper sport to start again. I'm really excited and I'm really looking forward to it. You know, and uh, uh, yeah, it's like um, 
It's like Christmas coming round again, isn't it? It's like Christmas has just been, and, and uh, Christmas comes again in February when all these games start. So that I'm I'm super excited. Yeah, very pumped. Um, I think yeah, it'll be a, a very interesting season as well for a lot of reasons. I mean, all of us are on board again for another year, so we've got that in the bank. A lot of other people moving different places in the football pyramid, so it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, just to start from the start with everybody ready and keen and especially for some of these youngsters. I know my, my cousin's part of that United youth team and he was saying how massive it's going to be for all these young players to play on such a big pitch in front of a lot of, could be scouts as well in that game. So they've had a lot of young players come through in that pre-season for that Adelaide United youth team. So to get them that close to where the A-League's going to be, you never know what might happen. Um, yeah, there's quite a, lot, quite a few headline games as well. Seeing Parry Hills back in the NPL for the first time in a couple of years as well, I'm sure they get a lot of crowds there as well. So... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it's certainly shaping up to be um, a great season. Between all three leagues as well, in, in the men's side of things, it's, it's going to be very close uh, with the State League 1 and 2 as well. It's uh, those those gaps that we used to see when teams first come in, the likes of Gawler when they came in, Mount Barker when they came in, and, and going back further Seaford with those massive wins, they, they seem to be gone uh, these days and, and the leagues themselves are just so much tighter and uh, you lose one game and you could drop from sixth to ninth and uh, and miss out on finals. So it's it's quite exciting uh, when you when you look at it and it's only a few weeks away now and obviously the first first round I think it's a big game on the Friday night followed by the the game on Saturday at High Marsh, which for me, I'm hoping uh, I get the call up for that game. And uh, I'm hoping that the A-League are sending their big guns in because it's match of the, for them, it's match of the round. So they normally send their big comms um, to that, to that game. So I'm kind of hoping that they send Simon Hill, but we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's, exc- that's the excitement I get these days because I don't play anymore. So it would be interesting as well if any of you any of you guys get on the sideline commentator as well. That'd be a, a very big thing to get on the high marsh pitch. I know Mark's been there before, I think. Yeah, um, I've been there a few yeah, times. Be, so it'd be interesting to see if any of you guys um, could get on the ground as well. It'd be pretty awesome. Maybe maybe we could all do it. We could have like eight people commentating on the one game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you got, I I know you got the accent, David, but maybe anyone knows another language could be an international <laughs> correspondent on the commentary. I don't know. <laughs> Can I just quickly ask you two, or three if you like, um, how you think Para Hills and Croatia Raiders, the two promoted sides, will go in the Premier League? Do you, I mean, I know it's the early days. There hasn't been any competitive matches yet. But from what I saw last year, they were, in my opinion, I think they, they played good enough football that they could that they would be better than the bottom two from last year. No disrespect to the bottom two from last year. Do you think those two teams will stay up this year? I know no I know you didn't want to do predictions, but I am curious as to what your <laughs> thoughts are now. Um, yeah, I've been talking to a few of the players from Raiders, and they've got a couple of massive ins as well, a couple of young players, a couple of returning players who've got some of the best goal ratios in the league in Anthony Costa but I think it's also if you look at the, well, look at the stats for the last few years it's actually quite prominent that the promoted teams get in the finals of the MPL in their first year back as well I think it's more interesting to see after the second and third year how many of those promoted tight sides go back down you can see the likes of Sturt, West Adelaide, Parahills in the past, Blue Eagles as well in their first year they made the top six and might have gone far in the finals but second and third year is where you really got to look at can they keep that standard going and hasn't happened in the past but 
even you see Mudbury as well, promoted team straight into the finals. So, for, in my opinion, at least the Raiders will be in the top six um, come the end of the season. Parry Hills, they've had a lot of yeah, a lot of um, new signings as well. I've we're talking to one the other day, and they've got a couple of those Burundi boys who have made the trip up there to sign for them. So that'll be a, definitely a exciting package, at least if you'd see any of the Afcon in the in the off season as well. So a couple of those players get on the park, they'll definitely be an interesting package. Yeah, look, I, I'm going to sit on the fence because I've actually played for both of those clubs and um, I have a soft spot for both of those clubs. So perf- to be honest, I'd love to see both of them stay up. Um, but at this stage, I, like I said, I don't want to read too much into pre-season results. So at this stage, I, I don't see... I, I, that, as Alessio said, there is a lot of ex, uh, examples where the club that comes up or the two clubs that come up, they actually stay up and push finals in their first year. So it is, I think Alessio is right in the fact that it always comes down to that second year and that third year, that sustainability is the key. So look, on past experience, I think they'll both stay up, but then you've got to look at, okay, well, who who are the teams that are going to be worse off the, than them? Who, who are those teams that are going to be not in the position they, they're going to really struggle. So um, it will be, I think when we get to uh, predictions, I think that's going to be a quite an interesting conversation um, to be honest. And just, sorry, just one thing, I'll, a shout out to, um, for actually while we're talking about Hills is uh, Yui, um, Yusuf Ahmed used to play for Power Hills, Adelaide Uni. He was at Salisbury in the finals. He's actually now moved to uh, MPL Victoria, I believe it is. Uh, so an MPL Victorian club's yeah. picked him up. Yeah, Avondale. That's it. I knew. I just saw it the other day, and I thought that's a that's a massive step to go from because uh, he was at Salisbury in their finals, um, now playing NPL Victoria. So a huge uh, shout out to Yui, top lad as well. Just quietly, it's pretty interesting as well. They already have another player with the exact same first and last name as him, Yusuf Ahmed. So <laughs> I'd love to see their commentators have a go at that one, see who passes to who, but. Yeah, he's a, he's a top player and he was very influential in that last few, few weeks of the State League 2 season for them. And I know he's had previous run-ins as well at, at, in the NPL with uh, Croatia. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Beograd. So, it'll be interesting to see what he can do over there in, in a, quite, a, quite a successful club in um, yeah, NPL Victoria. Yeah, and just on that, David, I think I agree with you. They're two very good sides. I think we called two two Croatia games last year and we called both called Knights in the final. And I think just the way, at least last season, they both played their football was very entertaining and very just good to watch, especially. And I think, as as you said as well, Mark, it's it's who you think will be worse off and who you think will will drop off enough to have Parry Hills and Croatia be those two teams that stay up above them. So I think it's a, it's a, as we said, predictions, very interesting conversation to have as we get closer towards the season. But other than that, that's pretty much it from us for episode nil nil today. Uh, thank you to the three of you for joining me. And I'm sure we'll see you plenty of other times and hear about Mount Barker United results and, and whatnot throughout the weeks. And pretty much this might become a half hour of Mount Barker every week, unless you maybe. <laughs> oh, you never know. We've got to, always got to talk about as well the the puppet master Matt Mays, his his cider in the cup as well. See how far they can get as well. Um, I was hoping that we might get a master versus the apprentice game in the round one, but we we'll have to wait for another day. <laughs> yeah, of course, and obviously on that just before leaving of course massive thank you and shout out to Matt who will be leaving at the end of I think next week been great to all of us and just a great guy and we wish him well with his role with Adelaide United and look forward to to seeing him on match days and seeing what he can do in that space
Oh, we all know he's going to kill it. He's going to smash it. <laughs> I mean, look at the work he's done the last seven years with uh, the Federation. So he, he's, yeah, he's going to kill it. He's, he's that good at what he does. So um, we, we've just got to hope he can get us in at some stage. <laughs> stop, stop these uh, interstate commentators coming for the Federation Cup games and hopefully exactly one of us right. can get one of the big ones that's it <laughs> absolutely well any any final words from you guys before we completely wrap up the current champions of the Burundi League are the Boramara Football Club there you go they were formed in 2014 and they're the current champions in uh, in Burundi so I wonder if these guys from Burundi have played in that league. I think they'd be too young for that at the moment. But yeah, I think um, this needs to be a seg- but, seg- um, segment every week for you, David. Just bring up a random football fact related to South Australia. I think. <laughs> Challenge for you. Look, look at the Welsh Premier League next time. <laughs> That's just another thing. If that but, guy's played in the Welsh Premier League, he may well have played in European competition because Welsh clubs that mm, play in that in mm. that Premier League would would. Um, and the same with Northern Ireland and uh, these uh, football associations that don't uh, that are separate to the English FA. They, they might he might have had European experience. That'd be interesting to know. I've forgotten yeah, his I name already. I'll, I'll send you his name later to look up. But even uh, an ex MPL player, Tete Yengi, I'm pretty sure he played in the UEFA Conference League game for one of the pl- clubs that he's been at recently. I think it was I can't remember. It was a, a Balkan club or something like that. But he was at. Um, but yeah, he played in the UEFA Conference League game, which is pretty big for an yeah. MPL player to play in. Uh, he played for, for KUPS in, in Finland as well, on loan Finland, from sorry, yeah. Switch. Okay. Yeah, so, I think that's yeah, where again, he played another the game. South Australia. Well, that's pretty much us for us today. Thank you three for, for joining me in, in our episode nil-nil pretty much. It's been great to have you and hope to see everyone listening and, and watching and contributing in future episodes. So until then, see you next time. Thanks very much, Thanks for hosting.